Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. After years of construction delays and tens of billions of dollars in cost overruns, California's high-speed rail project has become one of the most controversial infrastructure projects in the country. In this encore presentation of a story we first brought you earlier this year, we go to the Central Valley to check in on the first phase of high-speed rail's construction and get local reactions to the project's problems. Here's our story. On the edge of South Fresno, next to Highway 99, I'm climbing up 40 feet of scaffolding to get to the top of a high-speed rail construction site. It's a wide concrete bed big enough to fit future train tracks. This is the Cedar Viaduct, and my guide is high-speed rail authority spokesperson Augie Blancas. The Cedar Viaduct is a 3,700-foot-long structure. It will take high-speed trains up and over Cedar and North Avenues and over State Route 99. The viaduct is just one of more than 30 active high-speed rail construction sites up and down the Central Valley. Tony Tinoco is deputy director of the High-Speed Rail Authority in the Valley and talked to me about the scope of the work. On any typical day, on average, we have about 1,100 dispatched workers on various sites. That's everything between uh, Madera County all the way to the city of Wasco. That's 119 miles to cover, and we have a lot of men and women in different trades going to these sites, constructing these structures every day. Many of the components for high-speed rail construction, like enormous precast concrete slabs, are manufactured at an open-air yard surrounded by farm fields outside of the community of Hanford. They're then loaded aboard flatbed trucks and transported to building sites along 65 miles of the Central Valley. I ask Supervisor Craig Watt why do the work here versus a factory in the Bay Area or Los Angeles? It cuts down on shipping costs and a lot of the local suppliers for precast components in the state of California don't have the capacity to keep up with our demand. It's here that I also meet some of the people building the high-speed rail project, like husband and wife ironworkers Keith Viagrana and Desiree Ruiz. Desiree says she and her husband feel like they're part of something historic by working on the project. I would love to see the finished product of it and being able to say I helped build that train with my husband, like that's something that you can hold on to and nobody can take it from you. So it feels good. What's also good, says Desiree's husband Keith, is the years of steady work and generous pay that high-speed rail creates for the tradespeople working on the project. I've actually made more money than I've ever made in the 10 years I've been in in my trade. So good for family finances. Yes, for sure. sure. Working for high-speed rail authority has, has made a big difference in our lives, a very big difference. 
The high-speed rail authority's Tony Tinoco says that since groundbreaking seven years ago, the project has created over 7,000 jobs and helped support nearly 700 small businesses across the state. She says the economic benefits for the Central Valley have been particularly important. Historically, we've had very, very high unemployment rates here. Um, High-speed rail has been one of the drivers of getting that number down. Being able to employ people, I mean, our workers and our contractors are here. They're living here, they're investing, they're eating, they're purchasing different uh, products outside of construction. So that's huge. But away from the building sites, it's easy to find people in the Central Valley who say they don't see or feel the benefits of high-speed rail construction. I hear the words high-speed rail, I think just a lot of waste of money. That's Michael Lopez, who owns Green and Clean, a small construction and landscaping business in the town of Selma. Lopez says he's pretty well connected to other small businesses in his area, and no one ever mentions high-speed rail being an economic game-changer for the valley. I don't know who has these jobs. You know what I mean? Who has these jobs? I don't know anybody that works for the high-speed rail, personally. I don't hear nobody telling me, like, hey, I got this contract for the high-speed rail. And, and like here in Selma, where you have your, your business, you don't feel like money's being pumped into the economy. No, who, where? 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 Where's the high-speed rail coming through here where, Sel- where Selma's getting any benefit from it? I don't see it. And like other Californians, Central Valley residents are also worried about high-speed rail's escalating costs, long delays, and the plan to initially offer train service only to cities within the valley. At a Panera restaurant in North Fresno, about a dozen regulars gather early in the mornings to talk about the hot-button issues of the day, including the train project. How often does high-speed rail come up as a conversation? Oh, oh every other day. <laughs> Don't get started on that. But I do, and Fresno resident Jerry Cartunian, like others around the table, is ready to talk. What do I think about the high-speed rail? It's a, it's a rail that goes nowhere. It's going from Bakersfield to Merced. Yes, it's supposed to go to L.A. all the way to San Francisco at what? $300 billion cost in the next 35 years? We'll all be dead and gone by the time that thing's up and running. But the high-speed rail authority's Tony Tinoco defends the now $100 billion-plus project. She says it still has the support of a majority of Californians, according to recent independent polling. And each day of construction brings the bullet train closer to a reality. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that high-speed rail is getting done. So those who have said, you know, they haven't seen any progress, they're not seeing any, um, you know, light at the end of the tunnel— The fact of the matter is, is that we're in construction. So it is not an easy project. Uh, You're never going to get all of the support that you hope that you can get. Um, But the fact is, is that California voted on uh, a bond, voted on high-speed rail to get this started, and we're trying to deliver uh, what Californians voted for. The High-Speed Rail Authority says it hopes to have the first segment of the line between Bakersfield and Merced ready for passenger service by 2030, but it also acknowledges further delays are possible. Until then, the most frequently heard locomotive sights and sounds in this part of California will be from the many slow-moving freight trains traveling through the valley. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. 
Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hi there, I'm Randa Dilfetah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. for today, Monday, December 26th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for joining us and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. The James Irvine Foundation committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at Irvine.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, which bets early on exceptional people making the world better, on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.